Welcome back, listeners, to another episode of the Lead Well Podcast. My name is Brandon Holland, your host, BW Holland32 on social media. And uh, just thanks again for your time. Thanks for being on. Uh, thanks for listening as you're writing, as you're working, whatever it is you're doing. Uh, we've got a great episode for you today. Um, I have with us none other than Sarah Madras with us, and she is awesome. Uh, she's got some great information for us. And so we're going to start out with her giving a little bit of her background and how she got into what she's doing and how she can help you. So Sarah, welcome to the show. Thank you so much, Brandon, for having me. I so appreciate being here and sharing this time and this space with you and your listeners. So. Absolutely. Absolutely. We're, we're glad that you're spending the time with us. Um, and just to kind of give our listeners a little bit about who you are, can you share a little bit of your background with us? Yep. So my background is actually as a licensed mental health therapist. And so as a kid, people would always come to me with their problems and ask for advice. And it just kind of organically and naturally evolved into that. And I went to school and got my degree in social work. And when I graduated, I was like, I'm going to save all the children. Like that was yes. my thing. <laughs> and so when I started working in therapy with children, I realized, oh, wait a minute. If I work with the parents and help them be a strong couple and, you know, like make them stronger than the kids, like then they thrive. So then I shifted and started working with couples for about 10 years. And then the couples would say to me, man, if only I would have learned these skills 20 years ago, my life would have been so much easier. And they say, could you please come to my office and teach this at my work? Because now home is great. Kids are great. But I go to work and I'm spending eight out of hours there and I'm going, oh, my God, they need these skills over here. Okay. And so I heard that for about two years and I was like, I don't know, like, you know, I had started my therapy business and it had been open for almost like a little over 10 years at that point where I owned wow. my business and had my team. And so I was like, I don't know if I can take something else on. But I just heard it for you know, so long that it felt like this call to courage. And it literally felt like a bat signal in the air of people saying the same things, the same struggles over and over again. And so I said, all right, I'm going to answer the call to courage and I'm going to take this work into businesses and organizations. Wow. And that's when I started working again. It's the top down approach. I can't work with the employees without working with the leadership because then I'm just opening the employees up to see all the problems, but not have any of the, the authority to do anything about it. Yeah. So that's why I started working with leadership teams um, and have done a lot of work in uh, the government realm, a lot of work with uh, law enforcement, things like that. And so it's been so incredibly rewarding because people are saying I'm taking these skills and yes, I'm using them at work, but then I'm using them and it's transforming my personal life too. And so being able to bear witness to people's transformation is by far my greatest privilege and honor that I have in this lifetime. That is fantastic. So did the, um, did your mental health background or how did the mental health background help you with the, the coaching that you're currently doing? Oh, it's totally my secret weapon because okay. I spent like, you know, almost 15 years being the keeper of everybody's secrets. Yeah. The things that everybody like actually thinks and feels deep down inside, but 
like won't tell anybody but their therapist. (laughs) (laughs) And so I had access to all of those secrets and all of that deeper knowledge of what people really want, their unmet needs, what they deeply desire and need in the workplace and at home, and was able to kind of step in to those environments and be the bridge to help people get, you know, to communicate what those needs are and to build their resiliency and their confidence. And so it's by far like my secret weapon for sure. So do you, do you find that that most people have the same, have the same uh, things that they, that they need help with. And that's kind of helps you be able to, to do this in the group setting and those sort of things. Oh yes, for sure. For sure. So it's funny because when I started out, so when I opened the second business of the coaching business and I answered that call to courage, I started out going to universities and speaking at the universities and the sororities and stuff would have me come in or the, the organizations and clubs on campus And that was where, like, that was where I started ground roots. And they were saying to me, like the college kids are coming to me afterwards. And they're like, oh my gosh, your story, the examples you gave, the stories you told, I can so relate to that. And it turned out like it evolved into these certain skill sets, the skill sets of resiliency, the skill sets of boundaries, and these really concrete concepts that if I taught it, you know, and I just continued what we call courage skills. If I continue teaching those courage skills, then we're creating not only just, you know, college students who are then going out into the workforce, but it's creating that deeper ripple effects and shifting the way that we lead and how we view, how we show up in the world. So the old leadership style used to be based on titles, corner offices, bank accounts, the new era of leadership and how I define leadership is a leader is anybody who can see the potential and people and processes and has the courage to develop that potential in other people. And so when you think about that definition, every single one of us has a leader inside all of us. Yeah. Whether it's we're the leader in our family We're the leader in our friend group. We're the leader, you know, at our school and our sports team. We're the leader at our church and in our faith, wherever it is. If you see potential in people and systems, and then you have the courage to develop that potential, that means that you have leadership inside of you. Yes, absolutely. So um, I saw something recently. um, I think it it was one of your posts. uh, I believe it was last week. And it was talking about the difference between a boss and a leader. Can you, Mm -hmm. can you give us a little bit more about that? Oh yes. Oh yes. And literally like when I'm saying this, I bet you images of people where you've worked before are going to stop popping into your head, right? You're going to see their face. Yeah. So a boss is somebody who subscribes to the old outdated style of leadership where it's do what you do what I say, don't ask any questions, fall in line. You know, I want you to be the first one in and the last one to leave. And the more that you hustle, the higher up the ladder you're going to go and hustling for your worth and using exhaustion as a status symbol. And whether, you know, you might be making mistakes all over the place, but if you're there till 11 o'clock, then you get a gold star. (laughs) (laughs) So that's what a boss looks like is somebody who 
is, and when they talk, you hear them use words like I, and, you know, I did this rather than us and we, and, you know, they, and giving credit. That's what a boss looks like. Okay. They're yelling like the way they talk to you. They're yelling. They use sarcasm and and are like, oh, I was just kidding. Passive aggressive behavior, things like that. That's what a boss in the old uh, leadership style looks like. What a leader looks like is somebody who is in command and has self-awareness and they understand when they're being triggered by something and instead of offloading it on you by yelling or, you know, being passive aggressive, they get curious and they're like, Hey, I noticed that, you know, coming in at eight o'clock is becoming really difficult because I keep seeing you're coming in at eight 30. What's going on there. And they get curious first rather than coming in hot and being like, we started eight o'clock. I'm writing you up again. Cause you're late. Cause maybe that employee is going, you know, I'm helping taking care of my kids and dropping them off and I have to drop them off here and get over here. Or maybe they're taking the bus to get to work and that bus route takes 10 times longer. Like who knows? Right. But the leader gets curious and leans in and asks questions and builds trust and shows you that you're valued and appreciated and has the courage to have those hard conversations rather than using power over and creating command and control. Yes. Okay. Um, and so switching gears for, for just a minute, but still, you know, in, in the same lane. So I let, uh, some of the folks that I work with know that you and I were, uh, talking today and they sent a question in and yes. <laughs> you, um, had also touched on social media uh, a couple of weeks ago about a CEO, uh, time management. And so, mm-hmm. you know, I guess this is sort of, the question is how how do you balance you know how do you handle your work life balance and how can we incorporate the CEO type uh, time management into our daily activities? Yep, yep. So, and I will confess, I will confess on the air that I totally had a slip up this last week and realized, oh my gosh, I like fell off the wagon of doing my CEO time management. And I immediately felt the wrath of that and the burnout that came with it and was like, whoa, why am I feeling so irritable? Why am I feeling pulled in 50 directions? Why am I feeling so overwhelmed and, and protective of my time, but in a, in, in a way that was coming from anger and resentment. And I was like, oh my gosh. And I looked at my calendar and realized, oh, I had scheduled way too many things. Okay. And wasn't honoring that. And so the CEO time management is really understanding what your boundaries are. And so I, I'm doing a training in an organization and this conversation came up and we're talking about what are the boundaries when it comes to work-life balance. And she pauses us and she said, I'm wearing my Fitbit and my heart rate is increasing and I'm getting really anxious. And she's like, you guys are all talking about how you feel this pressure to stay late. And she's like, I'm new here. And are you expecting me to stay late and to do like that? She's like, because that is not good for my health. It is not good for my family. That is not how I function. And she's like, is that your expectation of me? Okay. And her, she was beat red. And what a courageous moment 
for her and like speaking up and checking in and being like, wait a minute, you guys are talking about how that's what you do in the organization. Is that the cultural norm here that I'm going to be expected to, to, to meet? And luckily the CEO in the meeting was like, no, that is the old leadership, the old regime. This is what we're implementing now. Okay. And so it's knowing, it starts with one, knowing what works for you. What are your boundaries? Is it turning off your phone at eight o'clock? Like that is a hard boundary for me. My phone goes on silent eight o'clock and I'm not looking at it until the morning. One of my team members, hers is in the morning. She's like, I'm not doing anything before 10 o'clock. That's my time with my kids, my time to work out, my, you know? And so it's knowing what sets you up for success. Okay. And then sticking to those boundaries, implementing them in your calendar. I have a, a alarm in my calendar that literally says boundaries that goes off at four o'clock so that I know, okay, shut that part down, transition into family life of, you know, checking homework and, and things like that. And I give a 30 minute transition time and my okay. kids know that that's mommy's 30 minute of quiet time. And it's my transition from work life. There's my time into home life. And so it's figuring out what your boundaries are, what works for you, and then advocating for yourself and those boundaries. Okay. So do you find that, that people often overwork themselves without realizing it? Yes. Cause that's what yes. this, yeah, that's what that sounds like that could lead to if you don't set the boundaries, right? Totally, totally. And the reason is that we get caught up. So what happened to me is literally I got caught up in, Oh, I want to do this. And Oh, this looks like fun. And Oh, I want to talk to this person. And so I got wrapped up in essentially FOMO of fear of missing out on those things. It was fear of missing out on lunch, you know, or coffee networking or a million different things that are grabbing at our attention. And so I was saying yes to all those things without pausing first and being like, hey, is this in alignment with the boundaries that I've set up in order to make sure that I'm successful? Wow. Yeah, that's fantastic. Um, so with your, with your coaching, um, and I, you know, I don't want you to give everything away, but you have a, uh, a four-step process that you take people through, right? Um, so can you give us a little, a little insight into that? So it all starts with self-awareness, right? Who we are is how we lead, who we are is how we're going to show up in the world. And if we don't have that self-awareness of what are my core values, what is most important to me? What are my boundaries? What is going to set me up for success? Like, so it starts with the self-awareness first. Then when you have that self-awareness, then you can take action. And maybe that action is outlining your schedule of what your boundaries are. Maybe the action is having more self-compassion, like whatever it is, then you take action. Then you continue to practice and implement. It become like, here's the thing. Brave leaders are built, not born, right? Okay. We had to learn literally when you're in your mama's belly, you're learning how to suck. You're learning how to breathe. You're like, everything is learned. When you're out in the world, you have to learn how to walk, learn how to talk, learn how to read. So why on earth are we expecting ourselves to just magically know 
how to have skills of leadership, how to have skills of courage, how to have skills of resiliency, of communication. Like it's the silliest thing ever. (laughs) And so then it's, I got to take action to learn these skills. And then I got to take action to implement and practice the skills so that they live in my bones and just become part of who I am and how I show up in the world. And you can't do that without repeating, 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 repeating. Yeah. Yeah. So is there, uh, is there a belief or something you thought before, like as you got started coaching and you have since kind of changed that thought or changed that belief? Hmm. Is there a belief? Okay. So I made the mistake. I'll give you another confession. And it was like, I feel so bad for those people who first, the organizations I first went into. Cause I was like, Oh, Oh no, I did them a disservice. So when I first started out on the, with the second business, the coaching business, when you start a new business and somebody's like, Oh, come and talk to my team. You're like, yes. Okay. You say yes to everything, right? You're not really seeing the big picture. And so company was, would bring me in to do like a work. One of my ones I would do all the time was work-life balance and work-life harmony and how to manage that. Okay. But they would come like, so they invite me in. I do this training and then the management is like, check. I checked a box. Yay. You were amazing. And then nothing, they did nothing afterwards. Okay. They didn't practice it. They didn't implement, they didn't integrate it into the company culture. And so I then gave people all the awareness of, of stage one, but None, like there was no stage two stage. There was nothing. And I was like, oh no. Oh crap. (laughs) Cause once you have the awareness, you can't unsee it. So once you see the problem, then you're just, I've like, then I made the mistake of putting them in more suffering because now they were, maybe they were in denial before. Okay. I just brought them into awareness but without the ability to continue to work in the organization to help them through the rest of the process. Yeah. So that is something that I changed throughout my coaching is now I'm only working long-term with organizations as far as this is our, this is the process. And we go all the way through integration and implementation. I'm not setting up your employees for more suffering. Okay. Okay. So I have to ask, just because I'm curious, um, was there a, a turning point or a special moment that happened where you made the decision, I need to step into coaching and away from the, the mental health side? Yep. Yep. So with everything that was happening at that time in our world culturally and all the things with uh, civil unrest that were going on. I just felt it literally felt like a pull, like that there was a pull. And I was talking to a friend of mine who is an African-American male. And I was like, I keep feeling this pull to go into these arenas and have these hard conversations and teach people these skills. I said, but who am I to be going in there? I said, I'm a little white girl. I was like, I'm not supposed to be in these arenas. And he looked at me and he said, Sarah, you are the one who possesses these skills. You are exactly the one that we need in the arena in order to be helping us have these hard conversations and to heal these wounds. 
And he's like, so you not going in there and not doing it is doing me and my community a disservice. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And so that's when I was like, oh, wow. I'm allowing my own fears and insecurities stop me from showing up and answering the call to courage that can help and serve other people. Yeah. 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 That is huge. Well, Mm -hmm. thank you so much for answering that call and taking, you know, being brave and taking that step because, you know, the, the world definitely needs people, you know, like you with those skills who can help pour into people and, you know, continue to make this thing a better place. So that's, that's fantastic. Thank Um, you. I'm so grateful to my friend who (laughs) challenges me, have people in your life that challenge you. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so, uh, before, before we close out, is there anything else you'd like to, to share with our listeners or anything else you'd like to touch on? Um, I think just that reminder of what is your call to courage, right? Like sitting in that question of what is my call to courage and listening to it. I had, it took me two years to answer the call. I kept hearing like, we'll get little signs, right? Like a person will say something or we'll have some kind of little signs along the way. And if it takes you two years, three years, it's okay. If you're ready to hear the message and you're ready to answer the call to courage now, then now is the time. It's just being able to being open to hearing the call and then being willing to take action to answer whatever your call to courage might be. Okay. Okay. And uh, before we go, how can our listeners find you? So they can find me at sarahmadras.com, Sarah Madras Coaching. And my last name is spelled M-A-D-R-A-S. I'm on LinkedIn, IG, Facebook. Uh, If you want more free coaching like this, I do free coaching every week live in my Facebook group. It's a free Facebook group called Brave Leaders Dare to Lead. And we continue to talk about leadership, courage, skills, personal development, um, and how we want to show up in this world. That's awesome. That's awesome. Thank you so much. Thank Thank you you so much, Brandon, for having me. I appreciate you. Absolutely. And hey, to the listeners, um, don't forget about the fee. Uh, We don't run ads on this show. We do not plan on running ads. This is strictly um, grown organically. So if you got something of value, if we did well today, share the show. If we didn't, don't share the show. It's that easy. So just send it to one person and help us to continue to grow. And also um, be on the lookout for... Uh, an announcement on LinkedIn and for Instagram, uh, we're going to start allowing our followers to suggest guests that they think should be on the show. So that's coming up next. Um, But yeah, thank you for your time and we will see you again soon. Thanks.